Well, tonight we're going to talk about It's About Time. So that's my title, It's About Time. And um, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to start with verse 15. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. And I'm going to read, first of all, in the New King James Version. And I'm actually going to read verses 15 through 17. And it says this. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So in the living, New Living Translation, it says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. The Message Bible says it like this. So watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. I'm going to read one more translation. This is the Amplified Classic. It says, look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. So in this passage, Paul is encouraging us to be careful how we live. Um, And don't live like fools. Don't live like the world. Okay? And then he's also telling us to take every opportunity. Make every opportunity. Don't let opportunities go past us to do what is right. To live right, to talk right, to walk right. To serve right. Hallelujah. And um, he says, because, you know, these days are evil. And, you know, I'm sure all of us would be in agreement that we're living in the last of the last days and there's all kinds of things happening. Um, but Paul is telling us, for us as Christians, to be careful about how we walk. Telling us to redeem the time. Um, And then also he's encouraging us to to be wise and he's encouraging us to know what God's will is. So these are things that he's encouraging us about. And so I really want to talk to us a little bit about managing our time. Um, So I have a few examples. Um, Mr. Henry, suppose I said to you, this is Henry, by the way. I call him Mr. Henry. (laughs) Suppose I said to you that every uh, day in your bank account, 
I'm going to put $86,400 in your bank account every single day. But there is one thing that you must do. You must spend it all in one day or you will lose whatever you don't spend. What do you think about that? You give it one hand or try. Praise God. Well, you know, that's kind of what God does for us. He's like, every day, I'm giving you opportunities. Every day, I'm giving you an opportunity to live your life for me. Every day, I'm giving you opportunity to take advantage of the gifts and the callings and the things that I've placed in you to use, to, to um, do things for my kingdom, to, to deal with people, to, to be a, a blessing. And so every single day, God is saying, this is yours. Now, I'm not um, recommending that you watch this movie, but there was this movie, I don't remember if it was maybe in the 80s or so, it was called uh, Brewster's Millions. Anybody know that movie with Richard Pryor? And so he was given, I think it was $30 million that he had to spend in 30 days. And if he spent that in 30 days, then he would get $300 million, okay? He had a time trying to spend that money. He was trying to give it away in all kinds of ways. That's how we should be. We should be trying to give what we have in all kinds of ways. We should be, you know, it should be like, okay, who can I bless? Who, who can I tell about Jesus? You know, how can I use my gifts for the kingdom of God? How can I be, um, you know, the person who makes a difference in somebody's life? How can I be the person who is doing something that will make somebody smile? Praise God. Or make somebody's day. So, Mr. Henry said he would give it one heck of a try. (laughs) So, in Lamentations, if you want to turn there, this is what God says. Lamentations chapter 3, and you're familiar with this, I'm sure. Um. Verse 22 and 23 says, through the, Lord's mercy, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. This is New King James. Because his compassion fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The Amplified uh, Classic says, it is because of the Lord's mercy and loving kindness that we are not consumed. Because his tender compassion Fail not. They are new every morning. Great and abundant is your stability and faithfulness. So every day we get up and we have a fresh start. Every day we start out with new mercies. No matter what happened yesterday, no matter what happened the day before that, no matter what happened years ago, every single day you awake to new mercies. New mercies every morning. Praise God. So I read somewhere that um, God gives us eight eighty-six thousand 
400 seconds a day. And God says, you can use it this any way you want to use it. Hmm. But again, if we don't use them all, then we lose it because we start a new day, right? I also read that, listen to this. Now, this is really interesting. If you live to be 70 years old, you will spend 23 years sleeping, 17 years working. You will spend 11 years of your life watching television and playing. You will spend six years of your life traveling in a car, bus, train, or plane. You will spend six years of your life eating. Well, some of us, maybe a little bit more than that. Uh, But, you know, at least six years, right? You'll spend two years of your life getting ready. I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't know about us ladies. We might have a little bit more time than that, but maybe that's more for the guys. But we'll spend at least two years of our life getting ready. Now, this was the kicker for me. If you are a Christian going to church, you will spend one year in church. I was like, wow, only one year? I was like, who wrote, who, who came up with this? Because <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I believe that. So I was doing okay till I got down to that part. I'm like, I think I've been in, in church more than a year. I'm in church three times a week. <laughs> If not more, actually, I work at church, so I'm really here more than that. So I was, I was thinking about that. I was like, surely people who are consistently going to church. Then I thought, well, this must be the people that go to church on Christmas and New Year's. Holiday. This is the holiday Christians, right? So that's what I determined. This must be the holiday Christians. I was like, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> but the Bible tells us that life comes from God right? And life is a trust. But not only that, time is a trust. Time comes from God as well. If our life comes from him, then the time that we spend our life also comes from him. But what we do with that time during our life is very important. So God has entrusted certain things into our hands. He's given us time, money, abilities, relationships, intelligence, freedom of choice, and you know, the list goes on. When you think about James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, every good and every perfect gift comes from who? From above, right? And comes down from the Father of lights, comes from God. And then in uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 6, it says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. But the um, amplified version of Romans 12, 6 says this, Having gifts, faculties, talents, qualities that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. He whose gift is prophecy, let him prophesy according to the portion of his faith. So God has given us gifts. God has created each of us uniquely. Each of us 
is fashioned different. Each of us has a supply to give. Each of us have something to do that God has ordained for our lives. You know, what I do may be different from what somebody else does. But what they do is just as important as what I do. And what I do is just as important as what they do if we're both doing what God has called us to do. So all of us have a part to play. All of us are so vital to what needs to happen um, in everyday life. Amen? All of us. So when God gave us these gifts, he entrusted them to us. Now, for, for instance, like if somebody is really good with numbers, let's say, just, you know, God's given them this knack. I mean, they are really, really good with numbers. I won't say who, but there's somebody on our staff. I would not have her add up anything for me because it won't come out right. But <laughs> we won't say who that is. So that is not a gift that God has given to that person, okay? But there are people that are very gifted with numbers. Very, very gifted. And you know what? They can, they can um, say, for instance, if they're working in an accounting department um, or maybe working like at a tax firm or something like that, they can use those gifts, you know, like as a means to, um, for their, you know, for uh, compensation, things like that. But, you know, they can also use those gifts for the kingdom of God. And they can, so even on their job, um, you know, for instance, like I know the Tuckers, they're not here tonight. They have a tax service. But you know what? They, um, they witness to people. They get people saved. They pray for people to get healed. So yes, that's their business. That's what God has gifted them with. But they also use that as a means to touch people to make a difference in people's lives. So they use their time, even though they are working, they use their time for the kingdom of God. Amen? So, you know, a lot of times, you know, people are living at various ages, but say someone lives seven to 80 years or so, you know, that's really not a long time on the earth when you think about it. The closer I get to that, I'm just like, hmm. You know, I can remember when I was a teenager and I thought 40 was old. <laughs> it's like, you're ancient. <laughs> but when I got to 40, I was like, well, I'm still young. <laughs> so here's the deal, though. When someone dies, their life, what they did here on this earth, they will be rewarded when they're in heaven. There will come a time where we'll all go, you know, before Jesus and he will reward us for what we did here on earth. And so how we live and how we utilize our time here on earth is very, very important. And since we don't necessarily have a whole lot of time, you know, once we get to heaven, we'll be there for eternity. But on this earth, we're, if Jesus doesn't come back, we're all going to heaven by dying, right? Okay? 
I don't know. Well, you know, who knows? Maybe somebody, who was it that got um, Elijah? Well, Enoch said he was not, right? But then Elijah went up in the chariot of fire. Didn't say he died. He just went up in the chariot of fire. So I don't know if any of us are going up in the chariot of fire. I don't know if any of us are going to, you know, be like Enoch and we were just not. (laughs) So, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen. So probably if Jesus doesn't come back, we're going to leave this body and we're going to go to heaven, right? But whatever we have done here on this earth with what God has given us, that time is important. Okay, so there are lots of scriptures that talk about that, Um, but let's look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 27. Remember, the rewards that we receive in heaven will be turned will be determined by how faithful we were when we were with what we were given here on earth. With Matthew 16, 27, I'm actually going to read, out, read it, uh, the Amplified um, Classic Version. It says, for the Son of Man is going to come in glory, majesty, splendor of his Father with his angels, and then he will render account and reward every man in accordance with what he has done. And then Revelations 22 and 12 says, Behold, I I am coming soon, and I shall bring my wages and rewards with me to repay and render to each one just what his own actions and his own work merit. So based on our own actions and our own merit, we will be repaid, we will be rewarded. So... In other words, where you are faithful with what God gave you, um, your time, your money, your um, intelligence, your abilities, whatever, you're going to be rewarded based on how you use those here on this earth for the kingdom of God. So again, the Bible says in Ephesians 5, it says to us that we are to be careful how we live, right? So if we're going to be careful, we're going to be, it's about our time, our time here on this earth will make a difference in eternity. We've got to consider that. Um, here's a couple things I wrote. People who manage their time well are wise. Now, here's the thing. The issue is not with time. It's not lack of time. The issue is with our choices, how we choose to live. So it's not that we don't have enough time. It's how wisely we use it. Let me give you a um, couple of principles or some things that you can do to consider how you're spending your time. One of the things we can do is evaluate ourselves. Now, I don't know about you. I don't necessarily like evaluating myself. Anybody like, you know, um, taking all your bills and looking at your budget? (laughs) Thank you for being honest. (laughs) But, you know, when you do that, 
it gives you a true picture of where things are and you can see where you need to make adjustments, right? Yeah. Well, in the same thing, we can take time and look at our lives and evaluate our lives and see, are we doing what's most important? Are we doing what's going to make a difference? What's going to make an eternal difference? Are we wasting a lot of time on stuff that really doesn't matter? So, um, of course, Matthew 6.33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, right? So we know that's one of the things we need to do um, when, we're, when we're analyzing our time. Are we seeking first the kingdom of God? Are we doing that? Are we seeking him and his righteousness? Because um, it says if we do that, then all the other things will be added to us. So it's putting things in perspective. So I would encourage you to slow down and even stop and take a good look at what you're doing. And I'm saying this to myself and to all of us. You know, sometimes you just need to go back and just reevaluate and say, okay, let me just see where am I at right now? You know, maybe perhaps you were doing really well, um, but it may be time for a checkup to see what, where are my priorities? What am I doing? Is this, am I on track? Am I doing what God would have me to do? Um, a lot of authors, when they write about time management, they suggest this exercise that we take like a couple days a week and write down everything that we're doing, write down what we're doing and how much time we're doing it, how much time it's taking us to do it. And then after you do that, you go back and you ask yourself some questions like this. Is this really the way I want to spend my life? Okay. Is this the best use of my time? Is God pleased with how I'm using my time? Those are just a couple of questions or three questions that you can ask if you're willing to do that. And I would encourage you to do it. To take time and do it. Because, you know, sometimes we think things are so important and we think, oh, well, you know, I got to do this for the kingdom of God. And I, you know, I, 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 I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to, and, and God is like, I didn't tell you to do that. That is not what I told you to do. But, you know, oh, but it's for the kingdom of God. You know, I'm, 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 I'm doing the father's work. And it is a, maybe a good thing, but it's not what God told you to do. So if it's not what he told you to do, you are out of his will. Let's put it plain. You're out of his will. And uh, I'm not sure if he's going to reward you for that. Even though you might have spent all your time, all your energy, you know, I'm going to make this happen. And I'm doing this for the kingdom of God. God said, you ain't doing that for me. You're doing that for you. So this is what it, it, 
we have to do. We have to look at our lives, or we should take time to evaluate our lives. Um, one way to put it is living life um, with eternity in mind. Is this going to make a difference in eternity? Praise God. Um, or for instance, if somebody is a workaholic and all they do is work, 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 and they might even say, but you know what? But I give to the kingdom of God. You know, I'm, a, I'm one of the biggest givers in the church. But they work, work, work. They're on a job, so it affects, if they have a family, it affects their family, their, their relationships, it affects their health, physically, mentally. It gets them into pride. Because it's all about what I can do. So, yeah, they may be giving, but what about all the rest? There's no balance there. And then many times they die before their time because they have worn themselves out. They don't eat healthy. They don't exercise. They don't take care of their body, their temple. So it's so much more than that. And you know what? God is a God of balance. God rested. You know, one day I was thinking about that. I said, God, I said, you know, you said you, you rested on the seventh day after you made, you know, you made the heavens and earth and, you know, and everything in it and all that. And then I got to thinking, I said, now this is, this is me just talking, you know, just having a moment. And I was like, but you know what you said? That one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. How long did you really rest? Did you rest for a thousand years, or did you just rest for a day? He didn't answer me. <laughs> the point was, he rested. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to put it in perspective. Well, how, how long? You know, because I'm thinking, okay, well, a thousand years, hmm, you know, <laughs> but um, anyway, praise the Lord. So let's just be, let's be mindful. Okay, so I said evaluate, right? So we want to evaluate how we're living our lives. Um, another thing is don't procrastinate. Our time is limited. Now I have to admit that's, that's an area where I've had to grow and I'm still growing in not to procrastinate about some things. I don't procrastinate about everything, but, you know, there's some things I just put off. It's like, oh, I'll do that later. Anybody been there, done that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like those things that we don't like to do, um, things that we know we should do. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we, we remember we're supposed to be making the most of every opportunity. That's what it says in Ephesians 5.16. We're supposed to make the most of every opportunity. So we're not making the most of every opportunity if we're procrastinating. So James um, 4, 13 through 14, if you want to turn there. 
it says in the New King James, James 4, 13 and 14, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas do you not know what will happen tomorrow? For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Um, the New Living Translation says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town and will stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. So when we put things off that we know we're supposed to do, we're procrastinating, and that's not a good thing. Um, Psalm 90, verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We want to have wisdom about the things that we should do. Um, but we don't want to put off things that we know are we, we're supposed to do. You know, like putting off talking to that neighbor about God or putting off talking to that coworker or uh, putting off spending more time in prayer or putting off spending time reading the word of God or putting off time to actually fellowship with your brothers or your sisters or putting off coming to church are putting off going through that closet of yours where you know you got all those clothes that you don't need and you don't wear and somebody else could be blessed by you giving your clothes, right? Uh-huh, let's, let's make it practical. <laughs> Before y'all were like, ah, no, no. Our guys, how about in your garage? <laughs> all those gadgets you have that you say, I'll use it one day. Or, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I, I'm putting this up because, you know, I know that um, the one I have is going to break at some point. So, you know, I got this as an extra one. But then somebody else needs it. And you're like, well, I know I got two, but uh, maybe I'll give it to them later. We're not supposed to procrastinate. Amen. Um. <laughs> listening. Thank you for listening. <laughs> so, um, like I said, procrastination is 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 not good. Actually. When you procrastinate, you're not being obedient. If you know that God told you to do something, you're putting it off. You're being disobedient. Yeah, I had to go there. <laughs> we are being disobedient. You know, I think about um, sometimes there have been times, not recently, but there have been times in my life where I was upset with somebody and the Holy Spirit was encouraging me to go to them and get it straight. 
And I kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And then one day it was like, you better get, you better take care of that. You know, take care of that. Because it was starting to affect me. It was starting to affect my walk with God. It was starting to affect how I interacted with other people. Because I was procrastinating and I was holding on to a grudge that I shouldn't have been holding on to. And, you know, that causes bitterness to set in. That causes us to close our heart off to God. When he's trying to talk to us, the Holy Spirit trying to talk to us and encourage us or correct us or lead us, guide us, but we got this thing that we're like, I know I should do it, but I don't want to do it. And we procrastinate about it and we justify why we should do it. But it doesn't hurt the other person, it hurts us. Praise God. So again, like I said, if you procrastinate about stuff that you know you're supposed to do, then you're in disobedience. Okay, one last point. Um, and we'll have to pick this up later. Um, the other thing that Paul is telling us to do is discover and to do God's will. So a lot of times, you know, people are like, I don't know what the will of God is for me. Well, I got five things that are God's will for all of us, okay? I'm going to try and get through these without, um, see if I can do them quickly. But let's read Psalm 25, 4 through 5 first. In New Living Translation, it says, show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long, I put my hope in you. And of course, we know Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, right? In the New Living Translation, it says, these are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Now, God has put us on this earth, and he put us on this earth for a reason. We're not just here just to be here to occupy space. God has a purpose and a plan for each and every person. And so the better we are at determining what that is, the better or the easier it will be for us to, you know, fulfill what God has called us to do. Um, and especially if our rewards in heaven are based on what we do here on the earth, we need to know what God wants us to do. And God wants us to know what his will is. He wants us to understand it. So here's five things, like I said, that are God's will for every believer. Number one, the first thing is to know him, to know God and to worship him. So no matter what you are doing today, this is one of the most, or really the most important thing, all right? So 
worshiping God is number one. Knowing him and worshiping him. Number two, he wants you to know, um, he wants you to grow up, okay? He wants you to grow up, be like Jesus, to live just like him. He wants us to imitate him. So he doesn't want us to remain, you know, babes but he wants us to grow and mature. Um, the other thing is he wants us to touch lives. In other words, we're supposed to have fellowship with people. We're not supposed to be, um, you know, so introverted that we can't talk to anybody else or we're afraid to speak to people or we don't need to be hermits and all by ourselves and loners and all that. We're, we are in a family. We're the body of Christ. And so we have to interact with one another. We need to encourage one another. We need to love on one another. We need to be there for one another, pray for one another. Touch lives, right? Fellowship with people. So um, God is love. He wants us to be like him. He wants us to learn to love people. The way you learn to love them is to be around them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. I could say a lot about that. <laughs> okay, the fourth thing is he wants all of us to serve needs. So that's why he's given us gifts and abilities so that we can edify and build others up. In other words, so um, if we're not helping people, we're pre- preoccupied only with self. Hmm. So God didn't give you your talent for your own benefit. God gave you your talent for somebody else's benefit. He gave, um, he gave me my talent for your benefit, and that way we can help each other out. So whenever you use your talent to help people, that's called ministry. People want to be in ministry? Use your talent to help people. So whenever you're helping people, You're serving, you're doing ministry, you're doing the work of the ministry. God wants us all to do that. The other thing he wants us to do is to share Christ, to share the gospel, to share the good news. He wants us to witness to people. So those are five things that no matter who you are, these are things that God wants us to do. He wants us to love him, serve him. He wants us to... Um, to live our lives for him. He wants us to put him first. He wants us to get to know him. You know, in Ephesians, it says that I may know him. You know, I want to know him. I want to know God. I want to know who he is. I want to have fellowship with him. That's an important thing for us to, to do as Christians. And then, of course, you know, like I said, to grow up. We all need to grow up. And then, of course, we need to be a part of a body and also interact 
with the body, right? And to serve others' needs, that's the thing. And then, of course, to share Christ. So those are things that every believer should know that that's God's will for their lives. Now, there's other things that, you know, like I said, your gifts and your callings, they, they um, you know, whatever you're gifted to do, then God wants you to use that. So there are specific things. Like when I first started uh, here at Word of Life Christian Center, we were a very, very small church. So I did a little bit of everything. I mean, I, at the time we had transparencies, can you believe it? So we used a transparent to show the, the songs and stuff. So I did that. Um, I did a little bit of bookstore stuff. I um, did some cleaning stuff. I was, then I was in the children's ministry. I'm still in the children's ministry, still in the children's ministry. And uh, it's okay. Um, but, you know, hospitality stuff. Just So just it was stuff that needed to be done, but then God began to put me in my place. So I did the things that I knew to do. And then God kind of, you know, he's like, okay, you've been faithful here and you're doing this, you're doing that. But then he's like, but this is really what I've called you to do. And that's what he'll do for each of you. He'll give you your, give you your specific place. He'll give you what, where you need to be. You know, I um, have watched him do that time and time again when people have been faithful, when people have stood the ground, when people, you know, didn't uh, leave, didn't uh, get discouraged, and when they just, just stayed steady, stayed faithful, and God positioned them where they needed to be. And it's a beautiful thing to see. Because then you see their gifts just flourish, and it's like, wow, look at that. Look at them moving in their gifts. I mean, like I think about Lois, and she has lots of gifts, but I'm telling you, the woman can cook. <laughs> and that's one of her gifts. And when she operates in that gift, it blesses people. It blesses your tummy, you know. <laughs> but... I've watched her smile and enjoy and be excited about it. Praise God. Using her gift. Praise God. And I can go through the room, different ones of you. You know, John, he's been uh, doing his, he's been an usher for, I don't even know how many years now, John. Do you know how many years? 32 years. 32 years. But John, when you first came, were you just ushering? No, you were doing a bunch of other stuff, right? Uh-huh. Huh? He was doing a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> but God put him, positioned him in that place. And he serves well, and he's so good at it, and he's so anointed to do it. I mean, just as even killed. I mean, I have seen him get a little ruffled every now and then, but that's been in 32 years. Praise God. I've watched Miss Jerry. You know, she's just, I'm telling you, just different people that come in and God has just amazingly positioned them 
in their place. You know, when Steve and Yvonne first came to the church, Steve sat in the pew. Didn't I use his gift? He was, but you know what? He's actually being um, not just humble, but respectful. He wasn't out there, hey, well, you know, I, I can play the piano. No, they did other things. They, they, they did other things and God put them in their place, made room for their gifts. That's what God will do for each of you. 